0: Ask for Claritin D at your local pharmacy counter. You don't even need a prescription. Go to ClaritinD.com right now for a discount so you can live Claritin clear. Use as directed. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply.
1: Bank of America and a member FDIC.
0: What's up, gang? Welcome to The Greatness Machine. I'm your host, Darius Rashad. I'm so pumped to have you here with me. Now listen, The Greatness Machine, we're about two things. Number one, people who are living their passions. And number two, Those who are creating greatness in the world and doing both of these things, despite the odds against them. Each episode, we're going to feature interviews with game changers, business leaders, you know, telling us their origin stories, what made them tick, what got them to where they are now. Why? So can help you step into your greatness within your life, your business, and your career. Occasionally, you might hear a few solo episodes from myself, moi, as I say, as I leverage my 20 years of entrepreneurship as a CEO and founder to help you grow and level up in your journey to scale your life and your business. So. Come be a fly on the wall, enjoy the conversation, and I'm stoked to have you here with me. Um, guys, the format of the show is quite simple. We're bringing together change makers from across the world who are living their passions to create greatness. And I, I said this last week, I'm going to say it again, that spending time with Don Duponti is a treat. And I tell all my friends, I'm like, I don't care what you're doing today, what time zone you're in. I'm in Central Standard, 2 o'clock, two o'clock Central Standard. You need to, to tune in and check out Don Dupani. Um, You're literally one of the most inspirational people I know, so I'm really happy to have you here. Uh, again, we do have Don Dupani here. And, I, and I, I just want to jump right into it, but I do want to give your background. Do you mind if I do that, Mr. Don Dupani?
1: Please go ahead. Yeah. Um,
0: Don Dupani is a Hindu priest, entrepreneur, and former monk of 10 years. He's a teacher, and he's on a mission to help people live a life of purpose and joy. And there's so much more to you, but I I like that one because we touched on that a little bit last week around the ideas around purpose. And so, Mm -hmm. first of all, um, welcome back to the show, Don DePuna. You're my thank you. You're my first repeat guest.
1: (laughs) <laughs> if I keep messing up, I'll just keep coming back on your show.
0: I, I hope I, I, I didn't. I, I When you were like writing me and saying that you could redo it, someone said, oh, that, that was a bummer that, that, you know, that that happened. I said, I, I said, I I said I don't know about you. but I I was, I mean, I, obviously, I, I never want to lose a minute with a guest. But if there was ever a guest for me to get two weeks in a row, it's Don Duponti. So I was like, oh, it's all good. Like,
1: <laughs> oh, no, thank you. Yeah, it's, it's,
0: it's really good to have you, man. Um, so thank you. I want I do want to dive right in. And, and, yep. you know, and I was, you know, thinking about, you know, with w- the work you do around purpose and the work mm-hmm. you do around teaching people to find their purpose. Um, I guess my question for you is, and I've been talking to a lot of people about this recently around how hard it is to find one's purpose. And so I, I, I would love to know when you, like what got you into the purpose work, number one, and then number two, like, how do people find their purpose? Like, what, what, what? How's that go?
1: Yeah. So to answer the first question, you know, I, I, as you know, I work with, primarily with entrepreneurs and some athletes as well. And when I work with entrepreneurs, I really work with them on understanding how the mind works and learning how to focus the mind. So I, I teach them about the mind and I teach them about focus. And after many years of working with them, I realized that a lot of entrepreneurs didn't know what their purpose was. And and I, I've gotten to know them now. I've you know I left the monastery about 10, 11 years ago. So I've seen a lot of them you know exit their business, sell their business, and then they go, what now? Right, what's the next thing I should do? And And when you don't have a purpose, that's the question you always ask. What do I do now? If you were clear on purpose, then you always know what the next thing to do is because you're just heading towards your purpose, you just do the next natural thing. So that's kind of where that all stemmed from and and how I started to work with entrepreneurs and discovering their purpose. But in terms of, you know, why most people don't know their purpose... For me, I, I feel very strongly that it's because one is we've never been told that we need a purpose. I mean, when you were growing up and you, when you were in school, did any of your teachers ever look at you and say, hey, Darius, you need a purpose in life?
0: No, no, no. They, they told me I need to, to, to you know, quit talking in class.
1: <laughs> hey, they said that to me, too. <laughs> oh, great and stop sleeping. Stop falling asleep. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but you know, I mean they never tell you. So no one tells us that we need a purpose in life. And and even if we did think about, you know, maybe I should have a purpose in life, then no one teaches us how to go about figuring out a purpose in life. So we all struggle. But if you look at our day-to-day life, most of our day is driven by purpose, right? I and mean, if you live in a big city like Los Angeles or New York or somewhere, you get in a car in LA, there's a purpose. You never get in the car in L.A. just to go for a drive, not in that traffic. Right. So you have a purpose. You're going to meet a friend. You're going to a meeting, you know, whatever it may be. So a whole day is driven by purpose. You know, you go to the bathroom, there's a purpose. You never get to the bathroom and go, I have no idea why I'm here. Right. I mean, y- your whole day is driven by purpose. So why shouldn't life have a purpose? And. And one of the big reasons people don't know their purpose, besides never being taught how to figure it out or told to figure it out, is most people never spend any time with themselves. And if you don't spend any time with yourself, how would you actually get to know you? You you wouldn't. So if we wanted to get to know each other, we would have to spend time with each other. We would, every Friday, go out for a cup of coffee, go out for a drink, a meal. And if we did that every week after a year, we'd get to know each other really well. I know what kind of pranks you play on your brother. I know uh, <laughs> you know, I know I what makes you cranky, what makes you upset, what makes you happy, what makes you sad. You would know the same about me too, as we get to know each other. Right. But if we don't spend any time with each other, I wouldn't get to know you. And the same way, if I don't spend time with myself, I don't get to know me. And if I don't get to know me, I don't get to understand what I want and ultimately why I'm here and what my purpose is in life.
0: So when you when you think about in terms of helping someone go through the journey of finding the purpose, and I I've, I've done some purpose work. Do you want to hear my, my what my my purpose I came up with for myself?
1: Yeah, I would love to. Yeah. So,
0: so sorry. So um, so I I um
1: that's but, terrible purpose. I, oh, not just kidding.
0: It's the it's <laughs> the worst. It's the, it's the absolute worst. Um, no. So I, I did. I told you last time we talked that I did stagan, right? So I'm a graduate. Yeah. Grad. Uh-huh. I'm a graduate of ILP of, of the internal leadership program. That's um,
1: awesome. Yeah.
0: It's a cool program. Yeah. And, yeah. and um, I wrote ran yesterday and told him that we were talking about him.
1: Uh, oh, I, l- and, I love Rand Stegen.
0: Yeah. There's a lot yeah. to love there. Um, yeah. and so, and so part of Stegen is you come up with your core purpose. And so I was, you know, what, you know, one of the things that res- resonated between me with you was I saw you speak at TEDx Reno and, mm. You were the you were the keynote the opening you know yeah. s- speaker right and and i was like wow like you blew my mind and 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 right away i wanted to bring you in it took time because the first time you're supposed to come into my company you got, there was a snowstorm in new york and we canceled this massive <laughs> conference
1: right yeah <laughs> i don't
0: know if you remember that but uh yeah
1: i do i do i remember that yeah we had in long island planned right
0: yeah it was a big thing yeah. in long island and so um anyway i um i I find that i I have this resonance towards people that that for some reason um, attr- I'm attracted to people that help with others finding engagement and mm-hmm. and there was something about your talk around focus and your talk around distraction and and I view that distraction is the opposite of engagement, right Like if I'm engaged mm-hmm. with you, then the opposite of that is I'd be distracted from you. And so I, I, I don't know what it is, but there's something around this idea. I do know what it is actually now, um, which is a story for another time. But um, what I, I have had this natural um, affinity and attraction towards those who teach about, about engagement. And I've been on this path towards engagement nonstop for probably 15 years now. Mm-hmm. and so um and, I, and and when i was ceo of my company or when i work with individuals just you know and i'm not i'm not a coach or teacher or anything like that this is i do it more just like for for, for the hell of it i guess um i always end up teaching them things around engagement so I'll, i use strength finder which is a tool around engagement i yeah. my my modality is core values getting real clear on your values because that's how you can basically live an engaged life. And so I figured out that I'm, uh, I'm uh, obsessed with, with two things. I'm obsessed with words and mm. I'm obsessed with engagement. And so I wanted to frame that for you so when I read you my core purpose, you'll, you'll understand it. Okay. All right, ready?
1: Please, I, I can't right. wait to hear.
0: I'm gonna read it to you because I'm still like, I don't wanna screw it up. So my purpose uh-huh. in life is to live a poetic life, a life of true engagement that helps others learn and reach their potential, so.
1: That's my core purpose. I love that. Yeah. Can can I offer a thought? Of course. Yes. Yeah. Uh, First of all, I I should say congratulations on actually doing the work to come up with a concise statement like that. You know, most most people don't. Uh, And just to take a little detour on our conversation, not a detour, just a little... Uh, Just sidetrack a little bit, but I I remember a couple of years ago, uh, or a year and a half ago, I was uh, speaking at a fintech event, a very exclusive fintech event in San Francisco, where it was only invite-only, some of the most successful fintech investors around the world, and uh, I was talking about purpose and focus, and after my talk, I was talking to one of the ladies that were there, and she ran a successful company, I asked her what her company did, and she said, we make loans affordable. Four words. And to me, it was super clear, super concise, right? We make loans affordable. Right off the bat, I understood what the company did. And and then I asked her, what's your purpose in life? And she spoke for five minutes. So, no clarity, right? I mean, right, right. I mean, what does your company do? We make loans affordable. Forwards, you can describe your company. And now, what? What's your? What do you? What's your purpose in life? And it's a five-minute thing. So, oh, yeah. so, so I, that's all to say that I really appreciate the work that you went through to come up with a concise statement like that. The one additional thought I wanted to offer, potentially to to ponder on and think on, I feel that everyone should have a core purpose in life. One single core purpose in life, and then everyone should have sub purposes in life. The fine print for the core purpose is that your core purpose in life should never be dependent on someone or something. Oh. Because if that someone or something goes away, then you have no core purpose, right? So it's fine now. How old are you? 42. 42. It's fine now that, you know, you're 42 years old, you want to impact people's lives, you want to help people. At 90, you're going to go, bugger this, I don't want to do this anymore, right? I just want to hang out in my house, have some chai, you know, <laughs> do whatever, watch Netflix, you know, just, just chill out. I've been doing this for the last 60 years. I've done it. I've got books out there. I've got programs out there. That's when you're going to go, what the hell do I do with my life right now? Right, Because you made your core purpose dependent on someone or something. So, for example, if you were 100 years old and you lived a glorious life and in the last six months of your life, unfortunately, you have to be in bed because you can't get up and move and, and you know, you're dying. And now you can't impact people's lives, right? Your, your finger's are a little bit crusty. You can't really type. So you're sitting there laying in bed and now you go, what am I going to do with my life? So, I always tell people, make sure your core purpose is never dependent on anyone or anything, but your sub-purposes can depend, be dependent on someone or something. So, my core purpose in life is self-realization, right? Two words, right? Uh, and that can be defined and elaborated, right? These are the two words that I use to ex- define my uh, self-realization. Uh, my purpose, my core purpose, which then I have, you know, a paragraph explaining what that means to me, right? I don't really care if other people need to understand it, right? And then I have a few sub purposes. So one of my sub in my life is my wife, another sub purpose is my daughter. Another sub purpose is my project in Costa Rica. Another sub purpose is my business. So any one of those things go away, I can still function, right? So one of my sub purpose in life is to impact Humanity and the environment in a positive way. That's a very clear purpose I have to impact humanity and, a, and the environment. But it's a sub purpose, not a core purpose, because for some reason I'm no longer able to do that, right? For, you know, because I'm old or whatever it is, I still have a core purpose that's not dependent on anyone or anything, and I can still continue to pursue that. What I found is that when I've noticed people make their core purpose dependent on an external source, and they're no longer able to connect with that then they lose that core purpose and that usually I, happens more in the later part of life
0: so i'm going to uh, so i'm going to tell you my core purpose then cuz it's really simple so okay. my core purpose is to live a poetic life that's that's i know that's what it is and uh, you know i'll read you i came up with that cuz i was like that word like sprung on me and then i was mm-hmm. and then i went and looked up the the definition of the word poetic so that because I think it fully encompasses, like when people are not clear on what that means, yeah. it means having an imaginative or sensitively emotional style of expression. And for me, like I, that could be in the form of comedy, singing, having a right. great conversation, interacting, talking, speaking, anything, right? Yeah. And, and, and I can do that. And I feel like I'm in flow state. I feel like I'm a whole person. And, and, the, and I think you're right. The sub-purpose is the, r- right now at least, is this engagement piece. But, but-
1: and and think- here's the important thing too, you know, Darius, you, you talked about, uh, you said earlier about how words are so important to you, right? For me, words are really important too. And the way I use words is that I create a word for myself, right, or I take a word and then I define it so that it makes sense to me, right? So when I use that word, it's clear. So the way when you say poetic, Someone listening to you might go like, oh, the ministry writes poetry, you know, right. he writes poems, but no, you've defined it in the words that you've described to me, right? So I think when we define our core purpose and we use the words, those words need to be defined to us. So when I work with people and I help them come up with a sentence that describes their core purpose in life, every word is carefully chosen and every, I make them define each word. Right, right. So in your case, you say poetic, and then you elaborated to me what poetic means so that it's clear to me, not that it it matters to me, it just has to be clear to you. So when you say, you know, I want to live a poetic life, that word poetic, as soon as you say it, resonates clearly in your mind. And and as soon as you say the word poetic, all those descriptions come to the forefront of your mind. You go, this is the life I'm supposed to be leading.
0: Yeah, man, I love this. Ready to live as if you don't have allergies, it's time to live Claritin Clear. Fast and powerful relief is just a quick trip away. Find Claritin D at the pharmacy counter. Ask for Claritin D at your local pharmacy counter now. You don't even need a prescription. Go to ClaritinD.com right now for a discount so you can live Claritin Clear, uses directed. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. In the world of successful partnerships, names like Procter & Gamble, Ben & Jerry, and supply and demand echo through business history. when it comes to growing your business, who are the perfect partners? That's you and Shopify. (coughs) Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. We're talking from launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage. All the way to the, did we hit a million dollar order stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling shipping supplies or promoting productivity programs, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. You know, what I absolutely adore about Shopify is its unparalleled ability to adapt and grow with your ambitions. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklyn, and, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 75 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash Darius, all lowercase, that's D-A-R-I-U-S. Go to shopify.com slash Darius now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash Darius. So, you know, I don't know, you know, we haven't talked about my book much, but my book is around the the next, I I believe that there's almost like a pyramid of importance and that at the top of it is purpose. And I think the base of it is values, core values. And I think because it's the how, it's, 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 (laughs) and and some, some might say visions at the top and missions below that or purposes below that and then values. But I think, I think it's like purpose, vision, values, or purpose, values, depending on how you think of it. Right. And so for me, values, because there's so much of an opportunity to create boundaries for your behavior and expectations. And I think values do that. And so my book is about how do you do this exact same thing that you're talking about for purpose? How do you do that with the values? How do you design them for use? Because what you're talking about, from what I'm hearing, is designing one's purpose for use and for clarity in their life. Right? Clarity is part of its useful usefulness. Right? Does that 100% agree with that?
1: Yeah, no, for sure. Because the purpose gives you a a north star of where you hit it. Right? And then one of the things that we do is uh, I what I call um, guiding principles. Right? So we we have it, your, when you say core values, I call them guiding principles. And the guiding principles are broken up into two groups, uh, which are uh, practices and guidelines. And, and the guidelines are what is the framework that you need to live within in order to stay on the path to get to, your, to fulfill your purpose? Right. And that's what the core values are. I, I look at them as the white lines on the freeway. Right. right. You you stay within the white lines so that you can stay on the path to get to your destination. Unless you're driving in India, then you just drive wherever you want to drive. Right?
0: <laughs> I'm in a rickshaw just getting
1: after it. <laughs> <laughs> right. So uh but so the core values you save to me you know when I work with companies and I hear core values I think white lines on the freeway right if Uh you stay you 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 create those white lines so that it helps you to focus right those core values the same way for me I have guiding principles which are you know guidelines and practices Uh, what are the frameworks these provide the framework which if I stay within this framework I had to I can live a life that's aligned with my purpose
0: yeah, I agree with that. I, I heard, do you, you know Bob Blazer? Are you friends with him?
1: Yeah, I actually have an interview with him like next week or coming up.
0: <laughs> oh, cool, cool. Yeah, he has his new book coming out. Um, right. Bob, yeah. Bob, if you're listening to this, like we got a call next week, so I'll see you. Um, anyway, uh, he, uh, I heard him talking about, because he's really into core values as well. And he was saying, you know, you're going against, to your point, your guiding principles or core values, depending on what you want to call them when you feel friction, when you rub up against them, when you're out of alignment with them, you start to feel it. And I I think your body, like what I've learned, and I wanted to get your thoughts on this is I, well, let me back up. About three years ago, right after I met you, I started going through this transformation where I I basically was questioning what I was doing with my life in a pretty Mm -hmm. strong way. Uh, So much so that about nine months ago, I stepped down as CEO of my company. And it's not from because it's, I felt like I built a great company with my partners and they continue to run the business and they're doing a great job. It's, there was nothing against them. It was, this was a personal choice. And it was because I felt like I was out of alignment with my purpose and with my values. And again, not because of the company, because of myself. right? And so mm-hmm. what happened during that time was there was this whisper telling me that something was missing in my life. And that whisper became a shout over about a three, uh, it was very whispery for about two years. And then <laughs> the last year, it got really, it got really ornery and vocal with me. <laughs> this guy's <laughs> it, it, not listening to me. <laughs> yeah. Hey, Darius, I'm done listening. I'm done whispering to you. Now I'm going to shout in your face. Um, and so one of the things that I picked up from that was I, my body started talking to me a lot and I could feel a lot of it was through anxiety or exhilaration or joy, these different feelings. And I found that when I was out of alignment with what I felt were my purpose and, and my values, my body, I became anxious and, and I became uncomfortable. And I felt like when I was in line with my purpose and, and my, my, and at that point I hadn't even fully defined my purpose. I just kind of like intuitively understood it, but, what, yeah. but I, my values I had defined when I was in alignment I felt a sense of fulfillment, a, f- a sense of calmness, um, a sense of relief, and I felt a sense of joy. And so I, I wanted to know, you know, in your experience, when you talk to people about finding their purpose or defining their principles, and you think about the mind-body connection, like how do you consider these things? Or the, the story I just told you, like, does that give you any, like, what are your, what's your position on that? Or how should people think about that as far as you're concerned?
1: I can't speak for, for others, you know, it, it, it's honestly, it's work that you truly have to commit and want to do. I've started working with a bunch of people on this and a lot of people bail after a few months just because it's just too much work and, and, and also it requires a huge shift potentially in your life, right? And people fear what they might discover, right? And, and they don't want that change. Because they, all of a sudden you might wake up one day and you go like, oh, I actually need to be uh, a pole dancer or something, you know? <laughs> and that's my purpose in life. And you go like, holy crap, you know? <laughs> what am well, I, but I'm I a lawyer. I'm
0: a lawyer. I can't be a stripper. <laughs>
1: <laughs> exactly, right. So, and I think people fear that change or what they might discover, so they don't really want to embrace it, right? So you really have to have a lot of humility. But in terms of myself, I find that when I'm not living in, and I like to use the word alignment, and I'm very particular about words like you, I like to use the word alignment. When I'm not in alignment uh, with my values and my guiding principles, then I find I'm out of sync, uh, things don't work so well, things don't flow so smoothly. I think the best way to describe it is if I were dancing with someone, you know, uh, Western dancing, like ballroom dancing, I would be stepping on their toes constantly. That's when I know I'm out of alignment. Whereas if you see professional dancers, they move in harmony. When someone takes a step towards their partner, the partner steps back. And then when they step forward, the other partner moves back. You know, that's a very harmonious flow. And that's what I feel when you're living your life in alignment with your purpose, in alignment with your guiding principles or core values, as you say, uh, you call it, then everything flows well. Your body is harmonious, your mind is harmonious. That's just a really nice flow. Things happen. You meet the right people. Timing is really good in life, you know, and that's how I tell I'm in alignment with how I'm live, supposed to be living my life.
0: That's that's amazing. And so when, yeah. like, when you think of that, like that harmony that you speak of, and you think of, and, and I think you're a great example of this, you work with some of the probably top you know most successful people on the planet right yeah. in the business world and even to your point outside of the business world when you work with these people and they are searching for this 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 type of i, I don't know what word is maybe alignment or success that you know i because i think that a lot of people that are looking for their purpose and their values and their or their guiding principles. This alignment, this this feeling like they're they're doing the right things for themselves at at the deepest parts of their body and their soul. Yeah, a lot of those people have probably already ch- achieved to you know to your earlier comment financial or commercial or you know you know influencer type of success, but they don't feel. But there's a difference between what's on paper and what's inside, right? Yeah so what, what do you see is that when you when you when you have these folks who are quote-unquote successful and then they come to you and they do this work what changes for them after that
2: uh, well,
1: two things before i come to this one thing i do want to say is I, I i definitely don't want to give the impression that i my life is perpetually in alignment with my purpose right Uh, And I'm not, you know, even though I may be dressed up this way and people go like, oh, you lived as a monk, you know, he's always in flow and he doesn't step on anybody's toes. Absolutely not. I step on my wife's toes all the time. She tells me that, right? So, and my life gets out of sync because it's virtually impossible to be in a state of flow every single day. And especially if you're pushing yourself to grow, to be better, then you're going to always hit a place where you get to your goal or the next plateau, or base camp, or the next camp, you're going to enjoy for a period of time, and then you're going to keep pushing yourself, and then everything in your life needs to go out of sync again as you work yourself to get to the next level. And that's really what I've seen with the people that I work with, and, uh, and with myself as well. You know, I work with one of the best soccer players in the world, and you know, when, when I work with him, I see you know, we work so hard, we get to a place, he's in perfect harmony and sync, and then he keeps pushing the boundaries of his mind, his body, and then everything starts to fall apart, fall apart again, right? Because everything, your whole nervous system, your mind, your body has to readjust to the new bar that you set for yourself. And while that readjusting process is happening, everything around you is going to start to be a little bit chaotic. But once you get better at this, you start to be able to handle that chaos and control it a little bit better as you go to the next version of you. Does that make sense? What I'm saying? Yeah, I don't no. know if I'm articulating it well.
0: No, I think you are. Yesterday, we had a guest on the show. And we were talking about the people's wanting to be in a state of homeostasis psychologically and emotionally. And I, and I think like that's what we're talking about here is getting out of homeostasis, right? Getting out of this... I,
1: explain that. I don't understand that word. So
0: homeostasis, uh, like think of the body, like if you, the body wants to stay in a state of homeostasis, it's the most efficient and most least uh, expressive of energy. And what it means is it's the most efficient way that you're living. And so let's say, for instance, like you weigh, I don't know, 150 pounds. Um, and Thank you. <laughs> <I was honest. laughs> Hard to tell with all. You those. can't see me
1: under these robes.
0: <laughs> the robes, the robes take off ten pounds.
1: Um, oh yeah, yeah, totally. And I look and another ten for the camera, <laughs> right?
0: <laughs> um, and so, so um, homeostasis says that's where the body, the, the that's where it's set. And so, if you want to go to a hundred and you know sixty pounds, you really have to eat a lot of extra food to gain that weight, right? Because yeah. your body's, it, it, and even then, if you start doing it, you'll, you'll be full, you won't be hungry, you won't be hungry the next day, because you ate so much yeah. that day, because your body starts sending signals It says, no, 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 I want to stay at 150, I've been here forever. And then the inverse is saying you want to go to 130. When you start losing, your body will start to make adjustments to get you back to not losing weight, right? Yeah. And so they say that that's homeostasis, our body... Like, it, you have to, like, even muscle bodybuilders, if they want to gain muscle, they have to break the muscle down in order for it to build bigger, right? Mm. Homeostasis says, I just want to be left alone. I don't want to ba- gain muscle, lose muscle. I just want to stay the status quo. So, an easier way of saying it's status quo. Um, and, emotional-
1: and, that's the instinctive, and that's the instinctive part of the mind, right? The instinctive part of the mind, the animal nature of us hates yes. change. And wants things to stay the same because, in when things stay the same, there's a comfort and the security of knowing what's going to happen. And when you break that, then there's a chance of fear because I don't know now what's going to happen. And when people live in the instinctive mind, they fear change. They hate change.
0: Right. And so when you when so I guess let let me ask you a question because my belief is most people are asleep. They want to stay in homeostasis because, to your point earlier, it's scary and it's hard. To grow right I, when i when i ran my first company it was called twin capital mortgage and we were constantly, we grew from myself and an assistant to 150 people in three years and i was young; mm-hmm. i was tw- 25 when i started this company
1: yeah what a, a piece. Yeah, yeah
0: no big deal right so <laughs> but, but that's so someone that's right, a great right, achievement i was just thinking. right it sounds like i was bragging but I, but no,
1: first- no, 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 no 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 but no but seriously in, in sincere compliment then that, that's amazing to, to in three years for that growth
0: yeah, it, it's, uh, it, it 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 was amazing. The what part I left out was that I w- it was a terrible company. It, it was not a fun place to work at a lot of the time because w- there were so many things going wrong. Right? Because I did because we were out of homeostasis all the time. Right. Right. <laughs> and, so, and so what a lot of people would say is, they would say, "Oh, Twin Capital, where everything's always changing." And, and I remember they, a lot of people quit because of that. They just didn't like it because they couldn't get comfortable and they wanted that, that consistency. And that's one of the reasons why I fell in love with values or guiding principles, as you call them, because I felt like they cre- you could create invisible consistency. It was a benchmark and you brought about it earlier where you said, I'm not perfect. Like I'm, I'm stepping on people's toes all the time. But at least mm-hmm. you know what it, what it means. What is the definition of your toes being a stepping on somebody? You've defined what that is, right? Yeah. And, and so I feel the same way, which is once you define these things, at least you know when you're like out of balance or in balance. And then you can like fight to get back in balance once you're out of balance. And there's a centering. Mm-hmm. You know where to go back to. You know what I mean? Yeah. So my question and, for and, you and is,
1: you're right. Sorry, go ahead. Yep.
0: Well, no, no, please, you you go ahead and
1: ask my question. No, 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 no. I I, I was just going to comment on something, but please go ahead with your question.
0: Oh, no, no, I, I
1: insist. <laughs> <laughs> okay, if you insist, damn it, then okay, I will. Now, I, I was just going to say that, you know, you, you mentioned earlier about people being asleep, and I, I think really what it is, is if you look at the mind in a simplified way, you could break it into three parts. You have the instinctive mind, the intellectual mind, and the intuitive mind. The instinctive is tied to your conscious mind, which is your external world, your 5 senses is your body, it's the animal nature of you and it hates change, right? And and people that don't like change live in the instinctive hair of the mind. Right. And that's how you, you tell. And and they fear change. They fear things changing all the time, like people in your company, you know, because When you change, you just don't know what's going to come up up next, right? If you keep things the same, every day you come to work, there's a cup of coffee, 10 o'clock there's a break, 1 o'clock it's lunch, then it's safe, right? You know, if a guy beats his wife every night, she feels safe knowing that, you know, he's beating her every night. For her to leave him and go somewhere else is more fearful than getting beaten up every night because she doesn't know what's out there, you know? And and that's the instinctive mind, right? We we are comfortable with what we know, even if what we know is not good for us.
0: So what about the intellectual mind then? How does that
1: work? Yeah, the intellectual mind is the reason part of the mind, it's tied to the subconscious and the subconscious is basically the storehouse of information. Every experience you ever had in your life, whether you remember or not, gets stored in the subconscious. Uh, Books, impressions from people, information you put in, all gets stored in the uh, subconscious. And the subconscious is the intellect, reason, area of the mind. And depending on how well you process the information that comes in, and how well you bring that processing to a conclusion, and how well you store that information in your mind, then intellectual mind, that subconscious, can either be a chaos or super organized and helping you, you find people that can't make decisions, you know, that are extremely indecisive, have constantly thoughts going in their head. These are people that put tons of information in their head, never process any of that information to bring it to a conclusion so they have an understanding. Now they're basically dying of indigestion of too much information, and that causes confusion, uh, indecision, you know, should I go out tonight, should I not go out, it's going to rain, I don't want to get wet again, should I wear this shoe, should I wear that shoe, what should I do, should I not do this, you know, and and that just goes on all day because information has been put in in an unsystematic way, it's never been processed. That's the intellectual area of the mind. The intuitive area of the mind is tied to your superconscious mind, that's the creative, spiritual artistic area of the mind deeply that's really the highest area of your mind from there comes intuition it's those moments when you go like aha that's what i need to do you get that flash that's coming from your intuition so at any given point in time you're either functioning in the instinctive the intellectual or the intuitive and if you know the characteristics of each of these areas of the mind that at any given point in time you can also tell where someone is functioning And based on where they're functioning, you know how to relate to them. If someone's functioning in the instinctive area of the mind, then you talk to them like an animal. You know? If someone's functioning in the intuitive area of the mind, you talk to them a certain way. If someone's talking in the intellectual area of the mind, you talk to them a certain way. Uh, Uh, And it's... How do
0: you you talk to someone like an animal?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Hey, kitty, kitty. (laughs) Look be a boy. (laughs) Exactly. Nice, kitty. no just kidding that's terrible Darius. you you make me say things that'll probably get me in trouble uh but no i i think it's just understanding that if someone's in the instinctive area of the mind they're in that fight or flight mode the animal nature right they could get upset with you really quickly right so you always have to treat them really like you would almost treat imagine if you were with a with a with a dog or an a lion, You'd pet it. You'd be gentle with it. You treat it with a lot of kindness, right, and and love so that, you know, they don't get upset. Right. right? Intellectual people uh, don't get angry because they will reason with you. It's right. very hard to get into a heated, angry argument with the professor because they're going to go, well, according to this book and the research done in 1976 and blah, 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 blah. And if they get upset, then they're moving over to the instinctive area of the mind.
0: Interesting. Uh, mm-hmm. I, yeah, I, I, love, I love that. And we just had a question that just came in. It said, the question yeah. is, if you spend most of your time in one area of the mind, what can you do to balance this more? It's a good question.
1: Uh, where, okay, if you, can you read that again, please?
0: So the question sorry, was, like, yeah. if you spend most of your time in one area of the mind, what can you do to balance this more? So let's say you're, in the, you're finding that you're always in the instinctual or you're always in the intuitive or you're always in the intellectual but it sounds to me like it's you shouldn't stay in one mode you should kind of kind of play in the different areas maybe or yeah what's the question is what should you be in one or can you be in all what's your thoughts on that
1: the question the, the main question really should be is what do you want to achieve right so again it comes down to purpose right i my purpose in life is self-realization put it in an extremely simplified way enlightenment so that people can understand whatever enlightenment is, right? So because of that, I need to function in the intuitive air of the mind, right? I don't want to be in the instinctive air of the mind. If I'm in the instinctive air of the mind, I'm I'm thinking about my body, right? I need to eat, I'm hungry, I need to sleep, I need to have sex, I need to do this i'm in that animal nature that's not going to help me get into enlightenment if i'm in the intellectual area of the mind then i'm reading philosophy well the buddha said if you meditated under this tree then this would happen but then on the other hand lao tzu said you know (laughs) uh in this book and, and i'd be going on till the cows came home discussing you know all different philosophies but what about this you know what about existentialism and, and, you know, so I go, that two areas of the mind are not help, uh, states of mind are not helping me, I want to function the intuitive area of the mind where I can have intuitive flashes that guide me, my awareness to diff- more deeper, more refined areas of the mind to experience the very depths of me. So the question is, you know, what do you want to achieve in life, right? Interesting. If you want to be a professor, you want to be involved in debates, you know, where you go to Debate conferences and you can debate with other people. Then be in the intellectual area of the mind, right? So,
0: so yes. Yeah. Yeah, so depending on where what you're trying to achieve, or depending what I just heard you say is depending on what you're trying to achieve, or where you're, what part of what's appropriate too, right? Like if yeah. you, if I'm at a, you know, here's a perfect example. If I'm at a political debate between you know Trump and and Biden, like yeah. having an intuitive conversation, like it's probably not appropriate, right? Today. Uh, like yeah. I don't think I'm going to get very far in that group you know what I mean
1: no. yeah and you probably want to be in the intellectual area of the mind where you can state something state some facts and reason and prove your case like lawyers may be functioning in the intellectual area of the mind they have to remember a lot of information a lot of cases you know 1977 johnson versus you know you know whoever else smith you know this blah 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 and they make a case and they reason that's the intellectual area of the mind but that's what they need to do to achieve a goal so always ask what is my driving factor going back to purpose right what's your purpose in life once you know your purpose you can really craft out your entire life right i I remember uh speaking at an event Uh, i held an event last year in london and you know opened to the public you know a whole bunch of people came and we had QA towards the end and someone asked me you know dandapani i hear you talking about affirmations You know, in the morning when I wake up, I do meditation and I do a little bit of breath control and a little bit of journaling. Do you think I should include um, affirmations in my morning practice? And and I've also heard about this other practice. Do you think I should involve that as well? And I said, you're asking the wrong question. I asked, I said the question you should be asking is where do I want to go? Right? So I said, uh, the way I put it to him is I said, if you're building a wooden table, would you bring a cement mixer, 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 to to the project? No. No, of course not. What what would you bring? Uh, hammer. Hammer, hammer, handsaw, nails, wood glue, you know, some clamps. If I'm building uh, a concrete, pouring a concrete pad, would I bring, you know, like a sewing machine? No, right? So what are you trying to achieve and what are the tools that can help you achieve that? That's the question, right? That's why figuring out your purpose is so critical because then, you know, people wake up in the morning now and they're like, oh, I should do a little bit of headspace and a little bit of journaling because everyone's doing that. It seems to be good. It helps me. I feel better. That's not really the reason for doing that because you feel better. Who cares about how you feel, right? I... because that's just for me it's a temporary thing right journaling makes you feel great for a few minutes you know my question is where are you going and what are the tools that can help you get that and then you pick and choose right the tools and maybe meditation is the right one for you now right maybe it's something else
0: so what so yeah so i mean i i picked up a meditation practice last year i tend to do it when i'm a little bit more anxious to kind of just yeah. have a more of a connection with 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 my anxiety and sometimes i i'll do it still when i'm not but um just because yeah. i want to practice the and this goes back to what i met you the the art of you know being aware and focus and just mm-hmm. spending some time doing that practice for the sake of that practice but yeah. so my question for you is a lot of this stuff is probably pretty hard for people to wrap their head around, right? Like, well, how do I figure out my purpose? How do I figure out my morning routine? How do I figure out, you know, what I'm supposed to do? Because I, I barely can, you know, get out of bed and get to work and get home, feed my kids and do it, do it all over again tomorrow. How am I supposed to do any of that stuff? Like, I'm not I'm not a, a former monk. I'm not, you know, you know, some CEO. How does a normal person do this stuff?
1: That's a great question that, uh, you know, I. I thought a lot about this and I got asked question a lot. And for me it really comes down by understanding your mind. Your your mind is your most powerful tool, like you've heard me say many times before. And if you don't understand your mind, then you can't control it. Harness it, focus it to figure out what it is you actually want in life. Right. So everybody has a mind, but they're never trained how to use it. And that's why like when I work with people, I always start with the concept of awareness in the mind. You've heard me talk about it, right? We're not the mind, rather we're awareness, which I define as a ball of light moving through the mind. And the goal is to be able to take that awareness and hold it on one thing for a given period of time. We need to understand that basic mechanics of the mind. And once we understand that, then we can start to uh, impact every other part of our life. But. You know, I think what a lot of people are trying to do is they're trying to uh, find different tools to kind of patch their life and, you know, duct tape their life together so it's, you know, it's harmonious and, and it works. But that's not really the way. The, the best way to approach anything is to understand the mechanics of how that thing is working. And once you understand the mechanics of how that thing is working, then you can use it to actually create something better in your life. Like once you understand your body and the mechanics of how your body works, then you can start treating it in the way that you can actually use to leverage it, right? Everybody has their own body, right? What type of food you eat and how you exercise may impact your body differently than it impacts mine. If I use, you know, I eat the same foods you do and I exercise the same way you do, it might not have the same impact on my body. But with with our mind, we just really have to understand how our mind works. And once we understand how our mind works, we can start to control it. Once we can start to control our mind, then we can start to control everything else in our life because everything in our life is a product of a creation of our mind. So that's where we need to start. We need to start by understanding the mind. And that's why, you know, the first course I put out was the course on understanding the mind because I feel that's where everybody needs to start, even children, right? Children struggle, children have stress, they have anxiety. Why? Because they don't know how the mind works and they don't know how to harness it and control it and, and use it for their benefit. So then the environment, which are the people and things around them, affects their mind and they suffer as a result of it. Same way like adults do, right? They've got kids, they got work, like you're saying, I gotta come home, I gotta feed my kids, I gotta do this, I gotta do that. The environment is creating all that stress on them on them. It's creating the stress on them because they haven't learned how to control their mind to handle everything around them.
0: When you, so going back, I mean, obviously you've spent a lot of time learning these things, but I'd like to go back to when you were in the monastery. How old were you when you went to the monastery, by the
1: way? Uh, 23 and a half, almost 24, I think.
0: So pr- prior to going to, the, to, to choosing to become a monk, going to the monastery, did you have any training in any of these things?
1: Absolutely none. None at all. You know, I grew up being teased uh, for being distracted in school, you know, and I, I couldn't concentrate. And fortunately, I grew up in the 70s and 80s, so there was no ADD or ADHD or drugs. You know, I would have been labeled in drug for sure. <laughs> you know? and, No, seriously, man, you know, I mean, and I grew up in Malaysia where, you know, those words, letters, those alphabets didn't exist. Right, And so fortunately I was bad and, and now I travel the world teaching people how to concentrate because what happened, I went to the monastery. One of the first questions my guru asked me is, do you know how the mind works? And I said, I have absolutely no idea. And he says, well, it's going to be hard to work with you if you don't even understand your own operating system, Right. So once you understand how your mind works, then it's easier to start to control and affect everything around you. And when I say the mind, I'm not talking about, you know, understanding like, oh, the prefrontal cortex or this or that. The mind, the way I teach it, is a very simplified way of looking at it, but highly effective, as you've heard me speak a few times about it.
0: So, so when, you, when you were 23 years old, you decided yeah. that you wanted to go to a monastery become a monk. The first thing you learned was this from your from your is a guru is that yeah, guru. Mm-hmm. yeah so you had a guru that uh, taught this to you and mm-hmm. and how what was that process like for you because obviously at that age like your mind is uh, very like still developing a lot you're like a yeah. sponge and you're like in a i mean i got to assume monastic life is very very different than like urban life in malaysia so so what was that yeah. what was that like
1: yeah, I actually moved from Malaysia to Australia when I'm a teen. I was a teenager, so I spent part of my uh, later teen life in Australia and then early twenties in Australia as well. But yeah, hugely different from that. And, and the way my guru trained me wasn't the traditional. You know, wasn't in the way that you know people would think, where he sat in a classroom with a book and we had classes. All his training, I hate to say it, was almost a little bit like Karate Kid. You know, oh, he would get right. me to go do things right and i would do it and then i would come back you know i'd be wondering why the heck i'm doing this once he asked me to um you know create a little pond on the edge of a cliff you know it took me weeks to create that and then when i made the little pond on the edge of a cliff he told me you know the rocks uh in those lava rocks would look really great around the pond you know so I would like the next few weeks walk all the way down to the bottom of the cliff to the river carry a rock and walk up the cliff again you know put the rock on the lake go by the pond come back down in a day I would probably do three runs so I would bring three rocks you know and a few weeks later he asked me how's it going and I'm like you know um it's a little bit slow. It's a long way to walk down and get the stones, and then the stones are heavy, these rocks, and i got to bring them all up. And he goes, like, why don't you get the rocks from up here and throw it down there? And I'm like, oh, that's smart. <laughs> I felt like an idiot, you know? Mm-hmm. So, you know, and then when I finished building the pond with the rocks, then he says, you know, wouldn't it be great if there were flowers around it? I'm like, yeah, of course it'd be great. <laughs> <You know? laughs> and I'm like, off to do the next thing. And by the time I finish all those things, I've learned a great lesson. You know, so many different things about willpower, about finishing where I start, about doing something better than I think I can, you know, about not giving up, you know, about finding solutions. And that's how he would train me in understanding my mind. And when I have a hurdle, I go talk to him and he goes like, ah, oh, see what's happening in your mind, you know. He knew how to expose me. One thing he did quite often was move me from things to things. Because he wanted me to learn very, very early on to not get attached to one area of the mind. Oh. That's where we can get comfortable, right? People, people have a job, they have a home, they have a routine, and they get stuck in that rut, right? And if you try to change up their life a little bit, they go, no, no way. And same way like your first company, right? The one consistent thing was change. And uh, it was too disruptive to for most people. And so they would leave. But he, he taught me that in order to grow, to be the next best version of yourself, you have to embrace change. You, I get to version 2.1 of Dandapani, right? And then I settle there. You know, it becomes part of my life. And then I go, okay. I'm comfortable, here. not comfortable, but I, I, this has become part of me, and I want to go to 2.2. In order to get to 2.2, I need to break 2.1, right? My nervous system has to adjust. The muscles in my body has to adjust. My mind has to adjust to say, like, you know, we're leaving all this behind. And if I'm not used to change, if I'm not comfortable to change, I'm not going to do it. So he taught me very early on, you know, like it's a constant process, and you'll find that most people don't like this. And if you try to do it with somebody else and they don't like it, they'll attack you because they, you, you are the instigator for change. And you're right. the first person they'll blame you. And probably as a CEO, you've had that. Oh, you've yeah. had people, you know, attack you for, you know, causing disruption in their life.
0: Or challenging them in the way that you're talking about. where Right. I, I mm-hmm. had a person once who I, I, had, I used to run these forums. And I know you, you know what forum is, like EO. So mm-hmm. I brought forum into my company and I had 15 forums in my company. They had about 10 people in each of them and they're all, managers.
2: Yeah.
0: yeah, it was cool. It, so I brought forum into the company and I ran about six of them. So it was the, the maybe 70, 80 people I managed through the forums. And I, yeah. and I, it was a very high level forum, like C level, EVP level. And uh, I said, I want you to come next was your company? How many people? We got up to almost a thousand. Like okay. when I saw when I saw you, we were at about a thousand maybe a little plus. And then, you know, now they're probably around four or 500. We sold one of the businesses, but, um, but, um, at that point we were probably 800 or something like that. And like I said, we had 150 senior level managers or mid-level managers. And so I, um, I had them sit, I had them come and I said, I want you to come and tell me what three things you want to change to elevate yourself to the next level in your career. And what is, what does that goal look like to you? And I had a person come in and said, I don't have to change anything. I'm already at the highest level I need to be at. And this is like a really high level person. I've already done more than anyone in this company. It was some crazy shit, right? right. I, <laughs> so, so were, yeah, I was like, oh, yeah, you're like, you know, like you're king of the world, right? Um, mm-hmm. It was, yeah. And I realized it said, so, "Wow, I got them out of their comfort zone and they're posturing in front of the rest of the executives. And my next thought was, man, I got to get this person out of here if, if I can't change them. Um, because the, i can't have someone that's not that that thinks like they can't grow as a person because they're they're at they're at a sea level in my company it's a big deal you know
1: and that's a classic that's an immediate sign to know right away that that person is functioning in the instinctive area of the mind because they hate change so someone like that if you continue to push would turn around and attack you yeah. that's what then that fight or flight mode they either going to run away and say like oh this is too much in the leaf or they're going to turn around and go like you know what you're a dick I'm going to come yeah. after you, right? Yeah. And, yeah, so once you see someone being that, it's a good time to like pet the lion on the head and, you know, send him off into the, <laughs> into the
0: planes. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know if you can see it, but behind me right there is a pic- signed picture of Mr. Miyagi. Wow. So, a karate kid. And yeah. my book. <laughs> part of my book launch, I made a... Oh, it's upside down. I made um, uh, this is modeled after the Karate Kid, which is my favorite movie. Just so you know, it's a I love unicorn it. Karate Kid bandana. Um, I, I so wanted to send you it. one, but you told my assistant that you didn't want any any possessions. I know that you're a, a, you have a thing about possessions,
1: so yeah, and it's gonna not. mess up with my my stripes anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so,
0: can, I, I want. I know we're running up against the end of the hour here. And I, I don't want to screw with your stripes, but what, is, what does that stand for? What is that the meaning around the paint? The, I know the, 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 I forget the name of the, the red uh, paint, yeah. but can you, the, could, do you mind for those, the, those of yeah. us that are ignorant as to what that means?
1: Yeah, it's monk wifi.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that's how you get, uh, that's how you guys connect with each other through the w- world no, wifi.
1: No, no, this is good. Three bars, get signal with God. You know, one or two bars, not so good communication really no <laughs> yeah, yeah no really man serious seriously
0: uh are yeah. you, you lot to say or is it secret
1: uh, it's totally secret man i can't but if you promise not to tell anybody i'll tell you um so in, uh, i'm a hindu and uh, within hinduism there are four sects and i belong to one particular sect and we wear this marking which is ash on our forehead the first line represents ego And uh, a lot of times in spirituality, you hear people say you shouldn't have an ego. Uh, In the philosophy I subscribe to always, uh, you know, uh, it says that it's okay to have an ego. Everyone has an ego. The very fact that you have a name, you have desires, you have preferences, you have an ego. The goal is to cultivate a positive ego. So to be kind, to be gentle, compassionate, empathy, industrious, you know, things like that. The second line has to do with karma, which is the law of cause and effect. And it says that, you know, by controlling your actions and reactions, you can control a lot of what happens in your life. So, for example, you know, if you come up to me and you say, hey, John Dapani, your beads look ugly, I could choose then to pinch you or say, what a great opportunity to go shopping, right? How I respond or react makes a big difference, right? Uh, so my actions and my reactions determine a lot of my life so that's the second line the third line is delusion meaning that quite often in life we forget who and what's important to us and we get caught up with people and things that are not important so always bringing awareness back to your point of focus which is your purpose right keep bringing your focus back to your purpose Right? Because it's so easy to get distracted in life, right? And even I, even I go around and I teach people about focus and purpose, I still get distracted every now and then, you know, by things that are happening or an opportunity or something like that. And I have to remember, hey, bring it back. But if I, like you, have it clearly defined and written down, it's so much easier to know where to come back to. But if I don't have it written down and outlined, then it's very hard to come back. I always look at it almost like Google Maps, right? If I want to drive from, you know, from, from New York to Idaho or somewhere, right? And I map it out and there might be 65 steps. If I get make the wrong turn at step 30, I'll always know where to come back to step 30 and continue on my journey. So, you know, defining your purpose, defining your core values, the path on to to your goal is so critical so if ever you get distracted you know exactly where to come back you take exit 13 and you go like crap it was supposed to be exit 14 you just come back to exit 13 keep going get off at exit 14 right and, and i think so number the third line staying clear and focus on your purpose
0: oh i love that that's so cool yeah. What's, what 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 sect of hinduism is that
1: it's called uh shaivism or saivism uh we we worship God in the form of uh, Siva or Shiva. Got it. yep. Yeah, it's the oldest sect within the Hindu faith.
0: That's so cool. I want to learn yeah. more about that. Is there, if for anyone that wants to learn more about that, is there any books do you recommend?
1: Yeah, there's a book that my guru wrote uh, called Dancing with Siva. Uh, Siva spelled S I V A. Uh, so, Dancing with Siva. And if you go to Himalayanacademy.com, uh, that's himalayan h-i-m-a-l-a-y-a-n academy.com and search for dancing with siva you can actually download the book for free This uh, free version that you can download or you can even buy it if you want uh, that is a very clear uh description of the hindu faith the one beautiful thing i'll quickly point out about that book is at the end of the book there's a beautiful timeline of how the faith has changed over thousands of years, it's very fascinating to read and and also points out a lot of different other religions and you know when Christ was born or Muhammad and Buddha and things like that so it's fascinating to see like how religion and spirituality I wouldn't say evolved but changed mm-hmm. over millennia
0: yeah. uh, I, I, that sounds so cool. I want to learn more yeah. about that um, well, look, we're up against the end of the hour and, and I don't want to keep you too too much longer but but obviously there's a lot of ways people can work with you through your, your online courses. You, I know you're doing some speaking, but that's, that's uh, that, a lot of that's invite only, but how can people connect with you? How can they learn from you? What, what are ways for people to learn more?
1: Uh, I would say the best way is, you know, I mean, I, I'm active on Instagram and, uh, you know, the same post gets shared on Facebook. And I also post a, a video on YouTube every every week. I do send out an email every Wednesday or Thursday. You know, it's not super long. Let's just have insights and shared tools. So that's probably the best way. Sign up for my newsletter. Follow me on social. And if anybody wants to take a more serious uh, step, then, you know, I have two courses, one on focus and one on meditation. But personally, you can't do the meditation course until you do the focus course. Because concentration leads to meditation.
0: Uh, are those are those online or those? Do you, do
1: yeah, you? those are online. I actually have an app, so you can download the app uh, on the Play Store or the uh, the App Store, and just search for Dandapani. And uh, the courses are available in app for iOS and Android.
0: Okay, so uh, dandapani.org is where they can find you, and then if yeah. they go to the iOS or the Android store, they look up Dandapani for the app. Uh, and they can yeah. download it there as well.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah.
0: Okay, per- perfect. Yeah. And, and um, all of my team put in the comments um, the Himalayan Academy, for those of you that are interested. And the name of the book that Don DePani recommended is Dancing with, with Siva. Is that correct? Yeah. Siva or Shiba? That's correct, yep. Siva, S-I-V-A. Yep. Great. Um, Don DePani, my gosh, what a wonderful hour to spend with you and to learn from you, my friend.
1: Likewise, Darius. Thank you for having me here. I'm grateful that you always remember me and think of me.
0: Oh, man. I can't. I, I. 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 I can't even replicate this experience. Hey, by the way, Don DePonte uh, has an email coming in that he has to get off the show one minute early, and I'm going to have him come back a third time because I don't. want <laughs> 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 Sorry, uh, uh, like uh, that's me texting Don DePonte from EO. Some I have an EO chapter texting you. No,
1: uh... <laughs> <All> right. <laughs> we should do that. Yeah,
0: um, um, uh, I'd love to have you back on the show. It's, uh, w- w- when you have anything that you want uh, to promote to our tribe, and um, it's just such a pleasure having you. Thank you so much, my friend.
1: Thank you, Darius. Really appreciate it.
0: All right, you guys. Uh, we have a show with Coach Robert Ellis later on this afternoon. Uh, he's a professor from Singularity University. So join us, guys. Follow me at the real Darius M on Facebook so you can see the shows. Or go to the YouTube channel, subscribe to The the Greatness Machine so you can get these great talks, download them, share them with your friends, or just go to our website at therealdarius.com. Guys, we'll talk to you later. You are listening to The Greatness Machine, and that's a wrap for today. Listen, if you love what you heard, subscribe to the show on whatever podcast platform that you're tuning in on